0: Hello, and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we are getting nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Before we get started, on our watch See, that's going to be stuck in my head, <laughs> and it's, it's going to come out of my mouth. The
1: China Syndrome. It's how they said it every
0: time in this movie. Well,
1: some people seem to be saying nuclear, and then, I, I don't know, maybe it's a regional thing, you say nuclear... Uh, No, it's a a Homer
0: Simpson thing. We are, let let me clearly state, we are talking about the China Syndrome from 1979 today. But before we get started, how has your week been?
1: Uh, My week has been much better than last week.
0: Yay! Uh, Not a surgery. Not a single one.
1: No. (sighs) No surgeries. Um, I have been sleeping, lying down.
0: You did get in your own bed like yes, a big boy. I,
1: <laughs> um, I needed you to help pull the blankets over me because That's I can't fine. reach. Oh, we all <laughs> need to be tucked in
0: from time to time.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which felt a little bit embarrassing because it's like, oh. But it's so sweet because it's you. So, um, But on the other hand, uh, yes, I was able to sleep on my back in a bed and get out of the bed myself. And I wasn't suffering any of the Problems I have been for, you know, since I looked it up and it was... It's been th-
0: about a year? Yeah. It's been about a year.
1: Last year, yes. So, yeah, I'm very, very happy that I'm I'm improving and I seem to be improving. Uh, my kids saw me just the other day. We went out to go grocery shopping and although I didn't actually go in.
0: You got in the car and then you got out of the car. Right. So that that was the first trip so far, yes. And I think that that was an excellent and successful first trip. And so when they
1: saw me, uh, Alex was like, oh, you're getting really good because their work schedule doesn't allow them to see me all the time. Yes. So this is the first time they saw me since I was literally hobbling Mm. back from the hospital. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it must have been a surprise for them to see me. So, I'm happy about that. So, how was your week? Uh,
0: good. Mostly good. I'm just, I don't know, I'm in this weird holding pad of just biding my time while I make sure that everybody I know is okay. Right. So, we'll get through tomorrow, and then we should be good.
1: Okay. What happens
0: There's tomorrow? S- s- one more surgery. Not for you, right. obviously. No, 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 no. You'd know. Yes, I But that. for another friend of mine is having a fairly extensive surgery tomorrow, so. Okay. We'll get through that, well, and then in we'll my be okay. Then. And uh, until then, mm-hmm. let's talk about this movie. Yes. So this movie is The China Syndrome, premiered in at the 1979 Cannes Film Festival, where it competed for the Palme d'Or, and where Jack Lemmon received the Best Actor Award, Uh, This movie stars Jane Fonda and Michael Douglas with competing hairs. And then also Jack Lemon, and Wilfred Brimley. Those are the big four,
1: right? Yeah. uh, There's what I like. So those are the the actors that everyone would recognize from now. (laughs) But a lot of the other actors are... Performers that were really very prolific in the seventies and eighties, fair enough, yes, this so,
0: movie um was written and directed well, it was directed by james bridges novelation no i don't I don't know who James Bridges is. who is James Bridges he is a a film director, oh, he directed the paper chase. I love the paper yeah. chase, and urban cowboy, a movie I have not seen that I always get mixed up with Midnight Cowboy, which I have seen.
1: Yes, very different films.
0: Different things. So he directed it, and then it was written by Mike Gray, T.S. Cook, and James Bridges, one and the same. And uh, this is one of the early Michael Douglas producing roles. He did know from his father, no doubt, that the movie came from, or like the... The money comes from producing. So he right. got his name on a, as a producer on this one, even though he is at best in a supporting
1: role in this. Yeah, it's. It, I, I, um, he was, he was really popular with my family. Um, Michael Douglas? Michael Douglas. Uh, because he played, this is very clean cut, which is strange to think seeing this mm-hmm. movie. Clean cut. Um, young cop on the TV show The Streets of San Francisco. Oh, okay. Which is actually a really good TV show from, you know, back in the day. And so uh, he played this very forthright, very, and he's dealing with Carl Malden as this old, really crusty old cop who's trying to show him the ropes and trying to keep him, keep his sense of optimism about the world going. At the same time, they're both exposed to how corrupt everything is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he was a big favorite. So when he moved into movies, yeah, we had to see all the Michael Douglas movies. Up until he started playing Mr. Adulterous Husband, that, that was a, a bridge too far for for my three sisters and my mom, I guess. Hmm.
0: So this, let's see. I'm trying to see if I can say anything else about this movie. It received four nominations at the Academy Awards. We're one night out from the Academy Awards. We watched it last night. It was an event.
1: Uh <laughs> yes, it was it's memorable.
0: Are we gonna talk about it? Do you want to talk about it? Uh, it was weird because I clicked on I, I hovered mm-hmm. over Best Actor. And right now on Wikipedia, if you hover over Academy Awards Best Actor links, Will Smith's face comes up, and I'm just like, uh
1: um okay. yeah we we ha- it was it was i think you mentioned that there was uh a, a review of it that said something like um uh a historic night for women overshadowed by violent-
0: violence meant male violence right, toxic um, masculinity fucking ruined a party again like uh, i have some significant thoughts and feelings about Will Smith this morning that uh, don't seem to be mirrored by a lot of people, which I cannot understand. See, I um,
1: I really like him. I have for a very long time, and supported him because he was so... He was really good at bringing in an audience. And I remember telling you when we were watching... Um, the original Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. he stood out because he's a, like a real movie star in the middle right. of Right,
0: and once again, a, a a man is being forgiven
1: mm-hmm.
0: for unforgivable actions right. because he's talented. No, and I, I'm,
1: I'm saying, over it. I am saying <laughs> I will always be kind of like partial to him. However, I think he destroyed a lot of his no pun intended, goodwill last night. No, he didn't because by, the Academy
0: let him talk right. for an obscene amount of time once he won that goodwill award.
1: Goodwill with me, I think. Okay, fair enough. By doing something as strangely random as striking Chris Rock. So it, it was. it's this weird spectacle. I feel of, like
0: a lot of this uh-huh. is going to be turned into well, haven't we all wanted to slap Chris Rock? And, oh, he took it really well, and this, that, and the other. Will Smith is a grown man who assaulted another grown man in public. Yeah. And then did not apologize to that person. He apologized to the Academy and to his fellow nominees, but he still has not apologized to Chris Rock for striking him. Right. Chris Rock did not press charges. Probably should have, though. Because now, Will Smith knows, and 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 Will Smith had written in his book that he mm-hmm. could have murdered his father, who was abusive, and could have gotten away with it because he's Will Smith, and nobody would have done anything about it. And it harkens back to Trump being able to kill somebody in, on Fifth Avenue, and nobody's going to do anything about it. And it turns out, y'all, these men are right, well, and they know that they can do anything they want to without with impunity. And this is what they're doing in public. So, what are they doing
1: in private? See, what bothered me more about it is that we're also looking at this night when the awards were presented, a lot of them by minorities to minorities. Mm-hmm. We we're speaking to the deaf community, we we're speaking to the mm-hmm. gay community, we we're speaking to the African American community. Mm-hmm. And it fills that stereotype of a big, rowdy party where people got out of hand. And that's what, like, when that It happened, also fills
0: the stereotype of this is why we can't invite these right. people to these events. Right. Which is heinous. And that's yeah. not what we should take away from yeah. it.
1: But that is, I think, maybe That's what some people are going to take away from it. And I know that... That...
0: And don't tell me Will Smith doesn't know any better. He has been in the public right. eye no, for 30-plus
1: years. And I don't... Understand. I I want to you know, that's the problem when you like somebody you want to give them the benefit of the doubt and go. It must have been a terrible trigger. And yes, and then there's it was sixty people on the that.
0: on the list of women who are accusing Bill Cosby. I mean, yes. like likability needs to stop being a defense. It's
1: just no. I understand. I understand you. My point of view is just. I feel bad because it's like it was, um, it embarrassed him in front of all these people. And that his speech afterward made no sense. It didn't. I
0: was like, he's not altogether, altogether right now. And that was clear when he did what he did. Right. And it didn't get less clear when he gave that rambling speech. I was like, we're having real shades of Kanye. What he did is not significantly different than what Kanye West is
1: doing. Yeah, it's uh, seeing that there's all sorts of uh, articles this morning about the fact that Tyler Perry and Bradley Cooper and whatever are seen. After he did that, coming up and sort of like consoling him and trying to hug him, and 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 I feel like they're are they trying to calm him down? Do they see that he was escalating? Do they... Maybe. I mean, and even Denzel talked to him, and I was like, "I, I was there." Something else going on? That it feels like something else yeah. is going on. It really did. So I am glad that Chris Rock is okay. I hope that he, that Will Smith, gets some help. Yeah. That's what I hope. I would like it to go on see It feels to me like stuff, this is a right very now.
0: powerful person uh-huh. who could just be coddled into right. more worse than spiraling behavior. Right. Or he could get the help that he clearly needs. There's a
1: couple... <laughs> the joke that really, to me, almost sort of went too far was when Regina Hall is giving the security pat down to... Yeah, there was... We don't need to... Me Too in the opposite direction. Right. You know, to Jason Momoa and to Josh Brolin. And it was... And they were very good sports. I guess they knew what was happening. Um, But they
0: also... um, She called the other dudes out of the thing and said she was going to swab their throats with her tongue. Right. Like, I mean... Which was... That is a brand of joke that I don't particularly like. Yeah. Because I've seen the way women act in strip clubs. And uh, they're terrible. And you could not pay me to go to a male review mm-hmm. with women. Because women are, they'll do bodily harm to men because yeah. they think that they are entitled to do that. And I, I it's disgusting. <laughs> I
1: just can't. And handle it's it was funny for about. And also it went on for like three minutes right, longer than yeah, it the needed the first yeah. minute and a half, I think. And then it just got to be kind of. Uncomfortable, like oh okay, all right. Now Even
0: decided. the weird diss at well, Will, you're on the list, and right. Jada approved you, knowing that they've got the weird open relationship and the right. and and the quote unquote cheating, which they define the way they define, and that's mm-hmm. totally fine. But I don't know that we need to bring it up on no, the yeah. <laughs> And I was like, was he already a little? Mm, yeah, because I of he, that, he and he then, might have been. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was a lot, y'all. Yeah. But anyhow, yeah. That also, was... I don't think that Will Smith deserved the Academy Award for that particular performance. We did watch it yesterday; it was fine. <laughs> he was fine. I think he's done more, better. Yeah, it feels to me like they were like, ooh given the the body of work that he's done in the last five years and maybe his upcoming stuff, they were like this might be the chance that we have to give him this award, let's do it now Uh, but it was all you know, it was all Jessica Chastain also won for playing somebody who is real and uh, so that might have been just the theme of the evening Mm -hmm. But okay, so we can stop talking. We we can stop talking about we, we should probably not have talked about it for that long. But yes, yeah, so let's get into the the China syndrome China. movie from 1979. Uh we have our our main four people, as mm-hmm. we said. Uh we've got Joan Jan, <laughs> Joan. Joan Fonda, whose actual name is Jane. Jane Fonda, Kimberly Wells, in the in the film. Kimberly Wells is such a good newscaster name. Kimberly Wells is just really wants to be an anchor and is just the fluff piece producer at this L.A. news station. She does the, what, California Connection, I think is what it's called, but it's, you know... She talks a lot about hot air balloons and pig races and things. But sometimes she talks about energy and so she uh with uh some with her freelance uh camera people uh one of which is played by Michael Douglas go out to a nuclear power plant to just do a a, a powder a powder piece, a powder puff piece, mm-hmm. what do they call it? <laughs> a puff piece on nuclear energy the puffiest of subjects. Um, and they witness an incident. They keep calling it an accident, which is, I don't like Uh because they don't know what happened
1: Right
0: to start with. They just keep saying there was an accident at the nuclear power plant. I'm like, there wasn't, there was an incident. You don't know what happened. So you can't call it an accident. Uh, but what did happen is, um, Jack Lemon is the long time he is the nuclear sort of scientist right, right. and then Wilfred Brimley is like a PG&E oh yeah
1: it's, it's the fictional company vent- man ventana power plant yes. right? I like that ventana, ventana. It's a window. <laughs> uh, window into the world of nuclear health <sighs> um, and so they visit it it's uh, Jane uh, it's Kimberly it's Richard uh, Adams, Richard, is Adams, Michael Douglas' character. And then the, uh, Hector, Hector played by Daniel Valdez. So I like the idea that there's, yes, there are Hispanics in, in Southern California. hmm And so... Be- behind the scenes. Right. <laughs> always He's, behind the scenes. Um, Richard is the cameraman. Yes. Even and, though we
0: never see him holding the camera, it's always Hector holding the camera. And
1: Hector also, though, is holding the, the, the microphone, microphone. And doing the sound levels and stuff. That's true. So, uh, they're being toured around the plant because they're trying to convince... It's like they approached the the nuclear power plant, seems to have approached their station, the new station, and wanted them to be covered because they want to convince everyone that they're safe.
0: Well, they're also... The, Kimberly is doing a an energy special right. for the news. She's also trying to be given real news. Yeah. She is... As I say, talking about hot air balloons and birthdays for tigers, birthdays for tigers, nonsense. And she wants to be doing real news right. and they're like, but you're pretty. So
1: do this stuff over And they here. literally tell her that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They, they're not
0: subtle There is in '79 in LA.
1: leader <laughs> at a party where someone, one of her producers just tells her, but why go against what your gifts are? You know, I, he,
0: Not just one of our producers, right.
1: the owner oh, that's right. of the station. Th- yeah, it's rough. <laughs> so they're being shown around by, uh, by Bill Gibson, who's just like this very plastic, very plastic. He was the He's dad the in dad Teen Wolf. dad from
0: Teen Wolf, That's what I recognized him from. Um,
1: and that's why I say a lot of these actors, uh, for uh, some of you older I was like, viewers, I remember him softer. And with glasses. is right. <laughs> so five years later, he's a very funny comedian back in the day too, but he or comic actor. So he's showing them around. There seems to be an issue with. So they show them to this enormous kind of control room, and it's important to describe what this is because it's really, it plays a huge part in what happens at the climax of the film, mm. which is there's a control room, that can be sealed completely from the inside. Yes, it's got bulletproof glass. You can see through it, um, uh-huh. but you can't
0: hear through it unless they turn on an intercom. Right. And you can't get through it. Like it's like two layers of doors, glass, yeah. steel
1: doors. And the idea is they want to protect it from terror. So what you're getting in the beginning is that it feels like it could be really safe. Like this guy is telling them, oh, yes, everything's safe. It's been double-checked. It's been triple-checked. All that and then you get to the room with Wilford Brimley and a bunch of his guys and and Jack Lemmon. Jack Le- Wilford Brimley and Jack Lemon are the ones you'll
0: recognize. But mm-hmm. there are a bunch of faces in here that often just look to uh-huh. Jack Lemon trepidatiously to see what he's going to do. Because he is Jack Goodell and he is the ship's shift supervisor. He is a hist- he
1: has a history with the military, I believe. Right. He but, was on a nuclear submarine. Yeah. So they trust him with when you're on a, a submarine and I like that touch, when you're on a submarine in the ocean and something goes wrong with a reactor, you gotta know what to do. So you can they trust yeah. that guy.
0: Yeah. So there is he notices some unusual vibrations. He seems to be the only one noticing that. And then there's a gauge that indicates that the water level is too high. So they release the water. Mm-hmm. Then they find out by tapping on the gauge Right. That the gauge was stuck, like it was like it's like an analog gauge, right, y'all, and it just drops down, and then it's a possibility mm-hmm. that they have dropped the water levels too low, and that the nuclear core will be um like uncovered, and if the nuclear core is ever uncovered, the heat will lies so high that it will basically cause... This is what the China Syndrome is. The core will heat up to the point where it will melt everything around it and go just straight down through the Earth, presumably all the way to China. Now, y'all know the middle of the planet is very hot and and would probably just, you know, merge in with all of the heat of the nuclear... um, fallout? Is that what you well, it, call it at this it's point? It's like it's superheated water. This and ball this thing. of of right. the ball of heat in the middle of the core. But what they do say is, but really fundamentally, we're not worried about burning a hole through the earth. What we're worried about is as soon as it hits water, the groundwater, that would expand. Right. It he It will superheat that water. And then basically an area the size of the state of Pennsylvania would be taken out. Right. All of Southern California would be gone. Which is scary. So that is the worst case scenario. Now, during this incident, the water does end up going back up. They do lift the lockdown. Everybody gets out. Um... Now, it, it's important to note now that we follow Kimberly and Richard and we find out that though Richard was told explicitly and we did hear it, that he could not be filming while they were outside of the control room. He was filming outside of yes. the control room and they have everything on tape. They don't have sound because they're outside of the, the control room. They're just looking in through this big window, almost like a um, like like an interrogation room or something right um and he is he he starts taking it to well nuclear like watchdogs but not even watchdogs like professors who are anti-nuclear power um to see what they think has happened yeah because there are one of the things that Kimberly and Richard are covering with this energy special are these hearings that are being um, mounted, about, like anti-nuclear power hearings. It's weird because these hearings are going on, presumably separate from any incidents, quote-unquote incident at the power plant, and they feel very much like the kind of thing that you do before you open a power plant. Like, to get community response and things like that. But it's after the plant has been open, After this incident that happens that they are there for, the plant closes down for, for I think, three days. They bring in the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. They say what happened. They have hearings. Everybody undergoes interviews and things. Wilfred Brimley says twice as long as everybody else, and he thinks that he's going to be scapegoated because he's just he, he's, he's a company man
1: right he's come out of working for this company he's he goes uh, There's a... and it was his station that where the
0: needle had gotten stuck right. although I don't know how that constitutes user
1: error he was reading the thing correctly he was taking the information that the machine was giving him mm-hmm. and um, Jack Lemon when he's interviewed he sees that they're trying to They are trying to, like, find, well, how did this happen? Yeah, right. User error. They want to say user error,
0: but they want to put a user to that error so that they can fire that user.
1: And then when there's a a good scene where Wilfred Brimley gets to speak to Jack Levin saying, you guys, most of you guys are military. You were together. You run this very efficient thing. I'm not. I just came from the company. I didn't even know about nuclear power before this plant got established. Right. So I was just sort of trying to apply what I did from, you know, running turbines and whatever else right? to doing this. Right.
0: Um, we also get some board meetings where we find out that this company, which is not PG&E, but is PG&E, right. uh, is losing a half a million dollars a day with the power shutdown. Uh, so they want to, of course, start the power up as soon as they can. Uh, everything is cleared, although at one point during an expansion, um, Goodell finds a puddle of radioactive water that is leaked from a pump.
1: Mm.
0: He wants to delay to to make sure that all the welds in this area are secure. But they're like, yeah, that's a half a million dollars a day, so we're not do- doing that. Um, and then that puddle combined with the vibration that he had noticed in his cup during the original incident pushes him to go look at this series of photographs of these tanks these welds along these tanks they look almost like scar tissue on these tanks Mm -hmm. and there are these x-rays that he is like looking at like a microfiche machine it's a very very convoluted uh, because I've never seen anything like Mm these things. But what he sees is that instead of taking a picture or like an x-ray and then six months later or whatever, taking an x-ray and then six months later, taking an x-ray to make sure that the, nothing is happening to the welds, he sees that all of these different things are identical. It's the same photo. It's not they're not being taken at different times. They just take the good f- first photo and just resubmit that every time that they're asked to do that. Uh, so there's no way to know if these welds are st- holding up the way that they're supposed to.
1: And now that he found the um, the puddle of radioactive water, it seems... And it seems like uh, they maybe aren't. Maybe there is a leak somewhere. If I'm not mistaken, this is the water, the steam moving off of the superheated rods Mm -hmm. that turns the turbine. Yes. And so now you just have all, if the water's leaking out and it's radioactive and people are getting exposed to it, there's also the chance that the higher they run this. If they run it, that the whole thing just blows. Just blows. It just comes apart. And that initial tremor was from
0: Uh, the start of that. Yes, exactly and so he he pushes the final test um up to 110% of capacity to see if he can kind of get them to see that something is wrong and it holds um he basically becomes a whistleblower to Kimberly and Richard they they track him down but mm-hmm. he also kind of looks to them cuz he knows like He's separately from what the news people are doing are like, something's not right. And we've, like, I don't care if we're losing a half a million dollars a day. If this goes, you know, people are, like, a lot of people are going to die. But he's not being heard. And so when they track him down at his house, which is nuts, he is like, I have these, I have some evidence that you can bring to mm. your experts that can put this out, but my name can't be attached to it. Um, and so he agrees to give these x-rays to Hector. He's, there's going to be... Hector's the go-between. Right. Hector's going to drive them out to these hearings and then the the doctor that they have is going to basically whistleblow
1: um, on the lackluster upkeep yeah. Now, this is something that I, I like about it, because in this film, there was the accusation, and there's the accusation afterwards, that it's basically making nuclear power seem unsafe to right. manufacture. But plainly here, even though the beginning suggests that, the actual catalyst for what happens is that it's a person taking the cheap way out. Yeah. If everything was maintained the way they're telling the public it's maintained, yep. it would be fine. Yep. So there's nothing wrong with the power. There's something wrong with this guy. It's 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 regulation, right? Yeah. It's
0: whether we put regulation in place and then whether we actually regulate. Yeah. You can say we're regulating a thing, but if it's the friends of the people who make the thing doing the regulating we're not regulating. See, yeah. Congress and the banking system in the United States, <laughs> nothing is fucking being regulated. <laughs> uh, so it's a two pronged system. You have to both say you're going to do the thing and then actually do the thing. And that this, in this case, the thing is not actually being done. We are not regulating I mean, why. You because the
1: guy who's, who's not doing it. Right.
0: And he is a man who works for basically the largest uh, engineering firm in the country. Mm. It's it'd be like a Lockheed Martin. It's that level of company. Right. Um, It's not we're not talking about the energy company at this point. It's the, you know, the General Electric or the Westinghouse. It's that. And they have Westinghouse turbines. I mean, that's the company that makes turbines. Hey, everybody. They also make half the TV you watch. It's a weird, mm-hmm. diversified world. Um, and, okay, so, unfortunately, there are bad guys. The bad guys want to protect their half million dollars a day or whatever they're making. And um, Hector is run off the road, and those x-rays are stolen from him. He's okay, everybody we do we richard okay. goes out to the car and they find him you know with the paramedics and everything but he's okay and i was like oh i like
1: that that's It's nice like, i like that cuz they, they clearly let cared the colored person survived this time which is really cool and it was clear that
0: both kimberly and richard were like no tell us he's going to be okay like right. it wasn't yeah. uh, they wanted to know they cared about this person which was nice cuz he could have really been literally yeah. left by the side of the road in in like a real heinous way and it wasn't so that was nice um, but that means now that their evidence is kaput
1: and so Godell makes a choice well I mean he's trying to get there himself because they, they have, they told the commission that they're going to have new evidence for them. At first it was going to be Hector coming with the p- pictures. Now Hector can't come. So it's like, can you come here? Can you do Can you I, do the thing? And he's like, no, I can't. And then he
0: is going to work. He has to go back to the plant because the plant is going to, re, they're reopening right. the plant. And so he goes to work and on his way, he is chased by the same people who ran, well, Seemingly the same yeah. people who ran Hector off the road, and so he goes to the plant. He gets himself in.
1: And I like how how he does that. He goes to the plant because they will. They know, can't get
0: in. It's, they can't get in. It's, it's
1: yeah. It's, it's cla- like a classified area. You can't just drive onto the site like of watching a nuclear you know, power plant. Vampires trying to get into your house without right. being asked in they have to stop because yeah there's guns like if guns. i
0: was ever being i don't i'm not a go to the cops person right. I've, as i've said multiple times on here but if i was being chased in my vehicle uh-huh. like rammed from behind or whatever right. that is where i would try and get to is a police station unless yeah. it was the police doing it to me mm-hmm. which as likely as not but um because they're not going to continue to harass you in the police you know what yeah. I mean? like they're not going to and i will stay there until they go away <laughs> like that is um and so that was his thought too yeah he's like well they can't or like in speed let's get to where protected airspace is and they can't and yeah. <laughs> they can't have the, the news helicopters watching us we need to go where we're safe so he goes to the plant and they are he thought that they had weren't going to uh, ramp up until the next day but they're ramping up that afternoon and so he goes and he gets himself in there and then he in a fit does just sneak up behind not even sneak he just walks up to the security guard who is just sitting there at a desk and he takes his gun out of his holster and uh, forces everybody else out including Brimley mm-hmm. Wilford Brimley and then he says uh, his demand is to be interviewed by Kimberly Wells live on television. And they uh, agree to that while they're trying to shut him down and try to get in. They've got to go through the two reinforced doors. Right. So it's going to be a little while. And then in uh, Kimberly goes in. Richard is outside. Sh- um, But she's inside. Right. Uh, They're filming from the outside. And then they have the intercom on so you can hear what's going on. Um, But the plant technicians, minutes into the broadcast, as he's trying to explain what's happening and what they're doing, uh, they cause another incident to distract him. And then they retake the control room. And the SWAT team forces its way in. They're firing guns, which seems a terrible idea, and they do shoot Jack Lemon several times in his body, and it is rough. Yeah, I never want to watch Jack Lemon die, it's so sad, guys. He's just trying to save everybody.
1: It's like watching Jimmy Stewart die, You're like, oh, oh, ow. The cable is cut
0: before he dies, he feels the unusual vibration again, and the the, it's called a scram, the incident that they have. Uh, it's brought under control only by the automatic systems, and the plant suffers significant damage as the pump malfunctions, the pump because comes to pieces. he was
1: right. right but I... The
0: welds will not hold. <laughs> and then they try, of course, in the end, to paint him as emotionally disturbed, but then Wilfred Brimley comes out well, and this like brings
1: Brimley's character too because the the plant managers and whatever are trying very hard. It's it's they're right like a whim of a
0: madman and he, and, and Spindler who is Wilfred Brimley is like no he was my best friend and right. the only reason he would have done this is if we were in danger. Like right. the only like the only logical thing that can be gleaned from his actions, is that if he hadn't
1: done this, we would all have died. <laughs> and he was reluctant at first to do it, because he was thinking about, like, oh my god, my job, whatever, and, but I think that...
0: Well, Amy, I think he probably knew, if I
1: hold this place up at gunpoint, they're gonna kill me. Right. Well, I mean, uh, Brimley's character actually helped them get in, too, so he's probably dealing with some kind of guilt. So that oh, shit. Oh, shit, I just got him killed.
0: And he kept saying it, it's not that big of a deal. It's right. it's fine. They wouldn't have us yeah. ramp up if it was that dangerous, you know, and then um and then Kimberly uh concludes her report and the news cuts the commercial and that's the end. Like it ends. That is the thing about this movie. It ends so abruptly. You're right. like, oh, we're done now? Okay. <laughs> They've killed him. Wilford Brimley finally agrees with them, and now, c- cuts a commercial,
1: everybody. <laughs> uh, there is, uh, I think it, it ends sort of, though, with Kimberly almost coming apart. She has a moment where she's beginning to, like, she's going to lose her, her uh, composure. On television, then she sucks it up and she's able to look into the camera and just say, really professionally, you know, this is what happened tonight. We're here at Ventana Nuclear Power Plant, and it's it, it, to me that was interesting because it's like some of the same people who were complaining that she was just a pretty face were now going, no, keep going, you yeah. can do it, keep yes,
0: and then you, f-
1: I feel like. She
0: became. I kind of wish her name had been Kimberly in the newsroom. Jane Fonda's character in the newsroom, Uh who's like the head of the of the company, feels like this is where she went. Like after this, like this is where she went, and now she's she's the one telling you know pretty young men that what to stick to what they're good at. (laughs) I don't know. So terrible. Wow, the sexism. Uh, so this was up for best actor and best actress, uh, best screenplay, and best art direction at the Academy Awards the year that mm-hmm. um, it came out. It did not win any of those things. What a pity. He, Jack Lemmon and Jane Fonda both did win British Academy Film Awards. Uh, they were also nominated. Uh, both of them and for best most motion picture drama in the golden globes uh but no no wins no wins uh it did win a writers guild of america award for best drama written directly for the screen which is a very long category title uh was it
1: thrilling yes i, I think thought so too i The first part of it obviously was, because you're like there in the middle of the accident, you don't know what's happening, or incident. Incident. And they're looking through the windows, and you think about putting yourself in that position where you're seeing this happen, you don't know what's going on, but you know it could be really, really bad. Yeah. And the rest of the film, there's like Jane Fonda trying to, okay, it's almost like she tried to put it past her, and then her... Here's the other thing, the characters are really well drawn in here. But they're yes. never drawn in depth. No. It's like we get these sketches or these pieces where we know just enough to know what these people are to each other. You know, her relationship with, with Michael Douglas, she had a relationship with him at some point. She no longer does, apparently. Um, yes. But he's kind of always going for the kill with these things. He's a filmmaker. He works with uh, Hector. He apparently at some point asked her, now that she's on television, to throw him some work. And so he winds up now being part of her team. But he keeps almost taking over her, her spot all the time.
0: Right. And she they say a couple of times, because he's freelance and mm-hmm. she's... Cause, he says that they don't want to pay his rates, but really it's because he doesn't fucking listen to them. Right? He's he is not going to be hired by them full time because he cannot. He he does not look at those flowing hairs.
1: He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen, and he he gets he blows up and he throws profanity at people, and you know he's just going to be his own guy, and that kind of thing gets him in trouble. This is the reason why he's crawling around looking for it now. So. Um, but, yeah, the suspense in the, I think, and then you're treated to a lot of sort of technical language and stuff like that. And I think the point where the um, the machine starts leaking, leaking, yeah. leaking, leaking, the pump, from that point on, it just keeps escalating. Yeah. And there's like car chases. Right. And... And he's doing, like, an actual investigation. Yeah. The point where he's looking at the, the, the radiographs and trying to, like, why are these blotches here on every picture? And you start putting it together yourself, like, oh, God, you can, if you're, if, and, and it gives you enough information to follow it. Oh, wait, no, that's really wrong. Same picture being duplicated time after time. Yes. And then you start getting, was going crazy. And, yeah, so I I think it was amazing how near the end, it really starts putting on the thumbscrews.
0: Yeah, I wanted to read Roger Ebert's review. Mm -hmm. Quote, a terrific thriller that incidentally raises the most unsettling questions about how safe nuclear power plants really are. The movie is well-acted, well-crafted, well, acted, well, well crafted, scary as hell. The events leading up to the accident in the China Syndrome are in, indeed based on actual occurrence at nuclear power plants. Even the most unlikely mishap, a stuck needle on a graph causing engineers to misread crucial, a crucial water level really happened at the dresden plant outside chicago and yet the movie works so well not because of its factual basis but because of its human content the performances are so good so consistently that the channel syndrome becomes a thriller dealing in personal values it does also feel like a non-satirical don't look up yeah and maybe because it's 1979 and it's just at the start and they didn't have you know 40 years of people not listening to the fact that this shit is real (laughs) that they just it's more straightforward Um, I know people who work in the the, uh, only nuclear power plant in California currently Um, and so if they have anything they want to add, I would love to hear from them. Right. Uh We'll see if that happens. In 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 that spirit, um, I do want to talk about last week's episode very quickly. Okay. Because uh, I had a friend of mine and a, a person who I did not know listened to the show uh, named Brian, who I... Uh, weirdly I went to college with, but didn't meet until after we were in college. He remembered me from college as the girl from backstage pizza. Uh, I did not know him (laughs) in college, but I met him after college and he was in the military. Um, so he gave me a few, uh, notes on the full metal jacket episodes. And I do want to bring that to your attention as well, because uh, please correct me. I'm wrong about so many things. Uh, Marine boot camp was eight weeks during the Vietnam War, which seems so fast. But <laughs> I bel- I'm I'm not, I'm not that just is wild to me. Drill instructors are Marine, drill sergeants are Army. The code uh, the code red is a hazing training tool that higher ups can suggest, uh, which he believes the drill stu- uh, instructor suggest suggested, uh, though he doesn't remember how. And then he talks about the few good men, which is specifically about this thing and right. how Jack Nicholson's character in that movie instigates it. And that is a primary plot point, which I recalled. we just seen a few good men and I didn't want to get them mixed up. Um He tells this story. The jelly donut incident in Full Metal Jacket definitely resonated with me. I had taken those little squeeze packets of jelly from the chow hall at boot camp in San Diego. I did it a few times, and I'd eat them at night while everyone was sleeping. Here's what uh, his Facebook feed is. Always. Food. It's food. (laughs) This person loves food to an extent that is... Honestly aspirational to me <laughs> uh, food and weddings he also knows so many people and they're always getting married. uh then one day after chow we marched back to the barracks and the drill instructor announced that some crew had been stealing food from the chow hall they had a strip down to our underwear and they looked through everyone's uniforms and didn't find anything thankfully and yes it was because i hid it in my underwear good times and he didn't even recognize the eight ball thing that we talked
1: about, right. that he's black, but just
0: wild. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's funny, because it's like, the minute I heard that, I'm like, no, 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 no. And I, that was that was something that was uh, an insult that was still thrown around when I was a kid. Um, but, uh, but, yeah. Gosh. Eight and movies. then
0: he recommends the Rainbow movies, which are, the first one especially, I know, is right. extremely antsy, where I feel like they really take a turn in the later ones, where they're just glorifying death mm. for death's sake. But that first one is absolutely not. Mm. Um, we'll see what 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 ends up coming up. But I really appreciated hearing from him because I, first of all, any insight into a thing that I don't, I literally know nothing about, I want. Give it, give it, Um, and then, uh, you know, fix my errors, please. Because I'm just talking into a microphone in my living room over here. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I want to be uh, as right as possible. So give me the insights. Give me the insights. So that was exciting to hear. Um, so that is the China Syndrome and errata on the full metal jackets. And uh, that brings us to the end of this episode, I think. Um, do you have anything you'd like to recommend to our listeners before I talk about what's coming up next month because we've yeah. gotten through the month of March.
1: We, um, we had seen most of the Oscar contenders.
0: We had. We saw eight of the ten Best Picture yeah. nominees before the Oscars.
1: And um, I, uh, I really liked Belfast.
0: You really like Belfast? That um, was your favorite of the three that we watched this weekend? I think so.
1: I think so, although I, I do, the, the obvious winner, which w- uh, was um, Coda. Coda. Yes, which is Coda a won. Beautiful film. It is. But I'm guessing that you're going to choose that one.
0: I mean, I, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Given this, my
1: history. That maybe. led to the probably the most beautiful moment at the, um, at the Oscars itself. The what I like, uh, so, uh, I, so Belfast. I'll, we go to Belfast. Belfast was I've I remember Kenneth Branagh came onto the scene huge when he's like 22 or 3 and he does this Henry V. Mm. And uh, he produces his own film and he launches it and he gets all of these stage and screen luminaries in Britain together to do this film and um. You know they have this tiny budget, he but he gets Derek Jacobi and he gets Brian Blessed and he gets all these actors uh, to show up in the film, and um, and just does it. And I was so intrigued by that film by watching him being interviewed on Johnny Carson one night. And this is when I first started working at at uh, Homer's Book Company and got. Put into, I mean, not started working. There. I was put as a manager. And uh, his biography came out, which is ridiculous. You don't write a biography when you're like 24, 25. Some people do. <laughs> but it was an interesting book. It talked about life on the stage and trying to make this film and everything. And he just came across as such an interesting personality that over the years I've loved watching his stuff.
0: Yeah because he is now merged into the same person as sean bean every time i see one of them i think it's the other one so i apologize to everybody for all of that
1: yes but as we (laughs) pointed out they're like the the dramatic mask they are one's a happy and one's a sad sean unfortunately has not smiled for years he does
0: he smiles with um mirth on snowpiercer as he's torturing people to death
1: yeah um (laughs) it's like it's not how you should smile But uh, I really did, I like the sense of place in this movie. I love black and white photography. Yeah. And I love the idea that... It was beautiful. It was beautiful to watch. I love the idea that you can see where his love of movies comes from. Yep.
0: And the fact that he uses color interspersed with the black and white in that way is very, very cool.
1: If he's looking at a stage play that's intriguing to him, if he's looking at a... It's a film on television uh-huh. or on the screen. It's in color. And uh so there's a... And also... And it opens in color. Right. It did my heart well to see that he loves Ray Harryhausen.
0: Unsurprisingly, everybody of that age loves Ray Harryhausen. Well, <laughs>
1: he had a huge effect on us. Yes, yes, yes. Anyhow. So, your film?
0: Oh, I I did very much like Kodai. Um, We finally watched it. I'd been wanting to watch it for like six months. Then everybody else wanted to watch it too, so I couldn't watch it by myself. I had to watch it with you guys, and it was fine. It was good. I really, really liked it. I... There's a thing that she does at the end where I'm like, why wasn't this is the thing you did the whole time and why didn't your music teacher tell you to... Like, I just don't understand why, right. after she signed How She Feels mm-hmm. When She Sings, why he didn't say, do that, <laughs> do that. It's like, it's pretty... It's not a big leap, y'all. It's not a big leap. But I was surprised that it won Best Picture. I thought Dune was going to take... It's and everything. Uh, But yeah, no, Coda's a good little film. And it was uh, pretty spectacular to see the first deaf actor win his Academy Award. Uh, Marley looked so happy.
1: He also shared this wonderful moment with the woman who presented it to him, Mm -hmm. who was an an actress. It was in Parasite. Right. Yeah. complained. She said she apologized first for complaining last year. Publicly about how people couldn't pronounce her name, and then she goes, and I look at the names now, yeah, and go, oh my god, you know, like, what am I going to do? How am I yeah. going to do this? And she did this lovely thing where, when he first gets the award, he's like holding it, and he, and she like, very she takes it from him so he can so speak. he can sign, <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, there was a lot of great uh yes um
0: accessibility visibility accessibility,
1: moments of integration
0: when the when she won for screenwriter and she went on stage up up on stage with her interpreter right to sign what she was saying out to the audience so that it wasn't even a question that mm-hmm. they would be able to understand what she was saying Right, was very good, and I liked that very much.
1: And I like how they eventually, over the course of the evening, everyone learned the uh, kind of the applause, the deaf I th- applause. I, I think they've known for. I Marley's been around for a long time. Yeah, but I mean, it's like <laughs> the beginning of the evening. You saw some people doing it, other people doing it. By yeah. the end of it, Samuel Jackson's doing it. Yeah, it's it's really funny. It was really fun uh, watching these people learn how to accept another group. Yes. Also, it feels like the culmination, I don't
0: know um, what caused it, but I feel like in the last, like over the pandemic, since right. the pandemic started, everywhere I look, I see ads featuring deaf people. Right. Like there are At least six different companies, and it might all be the same company that's working on the advertising, but different brands that are centering deaf actors and deaf experience in their advertising, which I don't remember seeing, at least not
1: to this that was not a big thing. It, I'm just
0: like, For is a the deaf lobby just yeah. getting in on advertising? Did, or did I? Did, my sense is that one of the major advertising companies, or more than one of the major advertising companies, now has someone in a position of power that is either deaf or has a deaf family member, is a CODA or something like that, where they're like, oh, here's this entire demographic of people that we could absolutely be targeting and we aren't for some fucking reason i am also a person who knows a little bit of sign language i took it for a couple of years i was contemplating becoming a translator um and i i cannot for the life of me understand why we don't learn basic sign language in elementary school mm. you can teach it to babies right. It is not anything that you won't use. I use it now to tell you something in a room full of people where I don't want to yell something across to you, but I can say, are you okay? And you can understand that and give me a nod or whatever. Yeah. There, it. There is no reason... That we couldn't all learn basics of sign language, it would make the deaf community way more like ourselves, way more inclusive to the deaf community, who is an insulated group. This this movie is not untrue in that, um, and I'm they I I know that they face ridicule and bullshit. But if we taught everybody some basic sign language, I feel like that would knock a lot of that off. And like I said, not a lot more the alphabet, your name, nice to meet you, you know, how like these very basic things that we could then, you know, build on if we wanted to. And any, you can, you can, yes, there are like other languages than ASL, but you could use ASL to, to bridge Gaps between English and other languages as well. Like I just don't. It'd be such an easy thing to put into our kindergarten one two level grades. It would it would take almost no time to put these very basic things into place and just open up. No, I agree with you. I I, I just I just don't understand wh- why we're doing it. I. ASL over cursive, certainly. And I actually don't necessarily agree with getting rid of handwriting uh, courses and things like that. Or like teaching kids to do better with their fine motor skills in school with cursive and things like that. Because I'm seeing people now go into the workforce and they cannot write legibly. And that is a fucking problem.
1: (sighs) One of the craziest things I saw when I was a manager at, um, at Homes, it was the first job I had, and uh, I went from clerk to manager, is that there were people who didn't use cursive anymore for their signature.
0: Yeah, they just write
1: it down. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's strange.
0: Yeah, but now they're not even learning cursive, but but more than that, they're not being asked to handwrite things. Uh-huh. Everything is t- typed, but in the real world, that's not the case. Oh, no, no, no. And so we're getting like, I'm, I'm fighting people constantly to get them to try and write more. And, and they just are like, well, this is how I write because they've reached adulthood and that's how they write. And I'm like, this is going to be a problem when you write down like your medications and people can't fucking understand them. Like basic handwriting if you don't have a computer at your disposal, and you just have a stick and some sand,
1: but I mean, or you know what I mean, like what do you do though? Do you text people after that? Is that your solution?
0: I'm that that seems people are like, well, everything's on on the computer, so we don't need to teach handwriting. And I'm like, oh, you do though.
1: Right.
0: And I'm seeing people you know you still have to fill out? A fucking job in or, or, a job application. Yeah. If I can't read your name, let alone anything else on this job application, you're going to have a problem getting a job. And they just are like, no, everything's on a computer. Not everything's on a computer, everybody. Not everything is on a computer. It's like people who say, oh, nobody pays anything in cash anymore. Well, that's also patently fucking false. <laughs> and if we stop carrying cash, then how are we going to help people who are in need. Yeah. Like,
1: uh,
0: uh, we don't need to talk about the decimation of the of the culture, but I'm saying, let's learn some sign language and go watch CODA. That's what I'm saying. Okay. There. All right. Good enough. Yay, I we like clap. Solution. We clap, but yeah. you cannot hear it. We just clap. Uh, Alright, so that, I think, is the end of this week. The That gets us through March, so let's get April's rundown. Uh, First up in April is The Night of the Living Dead, oof, from 1968. Yeah. Then we switch gears massively to 1981's Body Heat, a film I have never seen. Uh, Then we... uh, It's another big switch. Um, We go to Braveheart from 1995. They'll never take our freedom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and finally we end the month of April with the Poseidon adventure from 1972. Which you've never seen. Right? I have also never oh seen. My gosh. I have never seen half of these films. <coughs> I have only seen Night of the Living Dead once, and I have only seen Braveheart once.
1: The scale of a 70s action film. Or like a disaster picture. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I could get you to watch Earthquake, but that one's off but It's not on the list. I are, can only watch what's on the list. They are so big <laughs> and so melodramatic. And for some reason, that was a big deal to us in the 70s. We wanted to see a bunch of people, usually famous actors, uh-huh. ranging from the very famous to the not so famous. And you the not so famous were the ones who weren't going to kind of survive. Um, and then the famous ones would get it. And you're like, Why is he gone? But the Poseidon Adventure is such a weird film. Uh huh. Does it you...
0: have um, what's her name in it? Clooney, Rosemary Clooney in it.
1: No, it has Shelley Winters.
0: Shelley Winters is who
1: I'm thinking who of. He won the Academy Award for this part. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, I did not realize this was going to be an Academy Award-winning. It film.
1: is. It's one of the best of the big disaster films. There was a Towering Inferno, and there was Earthquake, and there was, but this one is is so nuts. The premise is so crazy. I'm sure it's it has, the
0: upside down boat, right? Right. Oh God. Okay. So, y'all, my biggest fear is car, like, is cars and water, but then it really expands to. Um, water being where it's not supposed to be. Boats on land I don't like. The, I get really freaked out at the end of Titanic when it goes up in the air.
1: Yeah,
0: I don't like it. It makes me very uneasy. So, this is going to be a whole situation for me.
1: Oh no, I'm scared! <laughs> yeah, there, it's going to be, um, especially on our great big screen. Um, But
0: We're not going to have to worry about that for a little while. Mm -hmm. We're going to get through some zombies, some sex, and some, uh... He does get disemboweled in that movie, doesn't he? Ooh and disembowelment before my biggest fear. So I'm sorry,
1: I think it's the, it was the Golden Globe. It wasn't. It was, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out when we get there. Yeah. We've got
0: a while before we get there, so no worries. Um. So next up, next week is Night of the Living Dead from 1968. It is airing on HBO Max. Most of these movies, y'all, is on, are on HBO Max. I don't know why, but that does seem to be the theme of this list. We're going to start April with some zombies. Singy. She's worried about it.
1: It's like that—the <laughs> moment that your phone went off, she thought, "Oh, now's my opportunity." It's time.
0: Talks. Yes. Are you done now? Yeah. Okay. Thank you, ma'am, for your contributions today. <laughs> All right. So that brings us to the end of this week. Thank you for joining us uh, on this nuclear exposition. Nuclear nuclear it's pronounced it's actually pronounced nuclear not nuclear (laughs) which is how they pronounced it every time they said it in this movie (laughs) specifically michael douglas kept saying nuclear i'm like uh that's not right that's how homer simpson says it um i Oh, if you have questions or comments or concerns, you can write to us on Facebook, uh, like Brian did, or you could email us at LakeCommercePod at gmail.com, or you could find us on Twitter at LakeCommercePod. I uh, would like to remind you to take your medicine, especially if it's some sort of anti-radiation yes. situation. Avoid the radiation. <laughs> and we would like to remind you, better Literally late than, than never. never